the only thing I can compare it to, Trump winning this election mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. After four years of Trump, after the Hillary's defeat, after all of the op-ed pieces, after four years of about half the country literally coming into the office every day, weeping and hitting their face on their desk and somebody going, is it the Trump thing again? You know, I mean, it's like just they can't get over it. There's no normalizing, you know, and... and all right, so the only thing I can think of that is equivalent is like a really, it's like if Kennedy had been shot really slowly over four years. <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. All right, so I've been thinking about uh, sort of like alternative universe shit. Yeah, how can you not? That's and I, kind and of like, you know, and we've been reading, yeah. we've been reading a lot of, uh, you know, I'm sure you've been reading it too. All the uh, what happens, you know, how can Trump win? How can he pull it out? If there's, you know, and there's this bizarre, uh, and I feel it too. I don't, I probably don't feel it as strongly as maybe a lot of other people do, but I, I get it. That sort of like I see the polls. I see that Biden's like between eight and fourteen points ahead nationally. Right. It's going to be a landslide. Except I'm still filled with dread that it's not going to be, and this fucker's going to pull it out. So my question for you is: Are you feeling that same sort of sense of hope versus despair? And what will you do? What do you think's going to happen if Donald Trump? either just wins outright or manages to steal it right out from under us. What's going to happen? <clears throat> well, I want to thank you for the question, Don, and I'm, I'm going to answer it in the way that a presidential or vice presidential candidate would at a, at a debate, uh, which is to say I'm not going to answer the question directly yet. I'm going to give a long, meandering uh, explanation or story, soliloquy, uh, before we get to your questions. So again, I want to thank you. And I'm going to interrupt you a lot. I'm going to interrupt you a lot and say, yeah. Blah, 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 sure. blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm in a weird place with this because I, I, I go back and forth between hope that Biden will win uh, because he's, he's looking good, but the polls, like I don't, I don't trust the, after the Hillary Clinton thing, right? Like, this, yeah, don't is you were, think, this is where we were four years ago. Don't you think the pollsters learned something from that or not? You think they're just doing exactly the same I, shit? I don't think the pollsters no, the, learned something. The, the I, just, I don't is, have enough faith in humanity right see, now. See, that's to, the thing is the pollster, <laughs> the, 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 all these polls, they got their asses. Their credibility went into the shitter after 2016. So I'm hoping that maybe they learned something from that experience and have been, and from what I'm reading, they have, they are, they're actually doing much more comprehensive polls. They're, they're, they're taking in consideration that in 2016, lots of people lied. Lied. Right. Yeah. Cause there's just lied because they did, because sure. they didn't want to say they were voting for Donald Trump to anybody real. They just did. Yeah. Because they're so fucking embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I've got the hope and then I, Bounce over to the, I wouldn't even call it, um, it's, it's not any more negative than it's been the last four or five years of yeah. 
Trump could very well win again. Like I, I still, we, we've been saying this for four years now. Trump will get reelected. I still feel very strongly, but I'm really hopeful sometimes that Biden will get it. And in between all of that, and I think it's more often than the other two, I'm filled with nihilism or, or apathy. I, like, I just kind of don't care anymore, which is a bummer. And because presidential elections used to be my, my Super Bowl. You know, like the, the debates were my playoff season. You know, like this, I used to love this shit. Even if my mind was already made up on who I was voting for, you know. You still wanted to watch it for the, yeah, pro- the I'm like, process. Well, yeah, and what are they going to say that might make me go, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that about, the, you know. With Biden and Trump, we know what they're going to say. With Pence and Harris, we know what they're going to say. We just watch it now, or we listen, read about the shit to hear what kind of, what fucked up thing is the Trump campaign going to say or or do or tease out or whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, so he's... So, so it sounds like, <laughs> and, and, have you read about, uh, and, and uh, our governor mentioned it, he called it COVID fatigue, but I've read a couple mm-hmm. of articles about yeah. pandemic fatigue. It's like, yeah. we're just so goddamn tired of being in this pandemic. As if the fucking virus gives a flat fuck how tired and how bad we feel. Virus doesn't give a shit about how we feel. Now, it sounds to me like you're suffering from political fatigue. Yeah, and I think that the uh, the COVID fatigue and political fatigue they're they're really really closely aligned. If I mean the the intersectionality of them is it's heavy, you know. See that see that word makes me fatigue just that you I know, said it. I know it Even does. though you meant it in a different way, uh, it, it that word made me just make made just all of my energy my body just dropped. I, I think it's like Venn, I just don't Venn give diagram, a fuck. The Venn diagram of political fatigue and COVID fatigue, it's just one circle. You know, I if Fair. if we were in let's just say we were in Obama, this is the Obama presidency with COVID. It'd be handled totally like the whole world would be different, and we'd be sick and tired of COVID. And let's let's say that it's 2012, so Obama's running against Romney. It's not you know Obama signing off at 16. We'd be just it'd be the same thing, and I'd still be excited about the political process and democracy, and let's see how this how all this shit works. And I just I'm 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 exhausted. I'm burnt out on it, and I think. And I was talking to Katie about this the other the other day because she's like, "Why don't you want to watch the debate?" Son and I said, "Shit," because I don't have the patience for it. They're not going to surprise me with anything. Like maybe there's a fly on the head moment or something that, whatever. But I can get my information. You know, I'll, later I'll, I'll, I'll pop, I can get it later. I can get you the just highlights. Watch it on YouTube. Get the highlights. Yeah, yeah, or exactly. I can, I can pop in and out and. You know, go on to Politico. On, that's fine. Go on Politico, and somebody will write tomorrow the five best moments of the second 2020 presidential yeah. debate. Yeah. And you'll read those five best moments and go, yeah, okay, I didn't miss it. And anything. I'll get it. I, I, I get it. Because um, I, I want to be a part of this because it's, it's good for history. It's good for, you know, I, I think about my dad um, when I ask him about the 60s. You know, do you remember the 68 convention in Chicago? Uh, what was it like with Nixon and Watergate? You know, whatever these things are, and he's he's his answer's pretty much the same. I don't know, wasn't really paying attention. It didn't really involve me. Well, and that's and, what <laughs> most people that I, I right. read this really nice. Or it was, and it, it's it's kind of the the same drumbeat that I've 
And I don't know if I, I can't decide if this is just because that's really, really what I want. Or if it's, I mean, all the all the data kind of indicates that this is the case, mm. but that we have an entire country um, with a very slim margin who are the loudest and most politically engaged on the left, and those a very slim margin who are the loudest and most politically engaged on the right, and then the rest of us kind of just want to fucking just can we just get on with our lives? You know, they don't give a fuck. In fact, the most political thing that has come along. In probably my lifetime, I think, the thing that has united our country in a way all combating it, not even 9-11 gave us this much sort of unified purpose against a thing or for a thing. Mm. And that's fucking wearing a goddamn mask. Being forced to wear a mask, being required to wear a mask, everybody... You, I mean, you can meet people that don't really have a strong opinion about Trump, or you can meet people that don't really have a strong opinion about Black Lives Matter, or maybe they haven't heard that the climate change, I mean, maybe they're just not that involved, they don't know. Yeah. But every motherfucker that you encounter who happens to be an American has a very strong opinion about whether or not they should have to or not have to wear a mask in public. Yeah, I, I think 9-11 brought us all together, which was the whole, we love our country, go get the bastards that did this. I think that we were, it, it was fleeting because like two or three weeks later. So you say two, three weeks. To, I think it was, it was two, three days. I think it was two, three Maybe. days. And then things started to get frayed the around point the was, it was, of the, it was fleeting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, and it's not that I don't want to be involved because I, I want to take action. I'm not taking to the streets every day. I, you know, that's, like you said, like I have, I, I want to get on with my life, and it's not that it isn't important. It's that I have a life to do and to maintain that life. I can't be out protesting every single day because I have diapers to change, and a and a, a job to show up to, and I, I, I do what I can. But I, I just, I'm, I'm annoyed with the with the the political process, the way that the the players act throughout it, all of them on on all sides. Um, I'm annoyed with the way the journalists act, like. You know, uh, who did the first debate? Uh, um, Chris. Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. In case you weren't aware, I've never um, moderated a presidential debate. What? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I know. I know. You mean you got on this. See, because when you auditioned for the Ape cast. Mm You said that you had moderated, and I didn't I fact lied. check because yeah. I just believed I you. You were so believable. I padded the shit out of that resume. Yeah, is your dick really, really seventeen inches long? No, no. Oh my no. god, yeah. I was totally hoodwinked, dude. Best fiction I ever wrote was that resume. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but I, <clears throat> so not not knowing what it's like to be in Chris Wallace's seat, but I have interviewed politicians i have interviewed people i interviewed rudy giuliani in 2006 when he was before he lost his fucking mind like he was still america's mayor and really he's could insane have been, man he's he really lost could it. have been the next president in 2008 yeah, i've like he, never he seen could have been anything like nomination. it talk about a, a, a transformation talk about a downslide yeah. holy fuck and we were in we were in a closed door interview session and i was asking him a question this is leading up to the, the 2006 uh, midterms and I was asking him about the Republican Party and said, what happens, what does the Republican Party do if they lose the Senate and the House, if they lose Congress in, in the, the election? Uh, and he was like, well, 
we're not going to. Da, da, da. And he just kept mis he kept avoiding the question. And I finally said, Rudy, stop blowing smoke up my ass and answer the goddamn question. And his like his aide, their jaw dropped to the floor. My publisher for the magazine I was writing for jaw dropped to the floor. Rudy looks at me and smiles and laughs and he goes, All right, Dave, that's fair. And he answered the question. So yeah. the point is like you're the moderator. You're in charge of this. You need to say to them, Mr. President, stop. He like, did. He, he, I feel like he could have done more. And I just, feel I mean, like, how like, many times, aside from getting up and bitch slapping that fat fuck in the face, what could you do to shut him up? That was the thing. I, 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 I didn't watch the debate. Can we get someone to mute his mic, please? I mean, well, like, that's what they're doing now. That's, that's what, what they're doing. doing. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Uh, you know, and, but I feel and like, and I don't want for wanna... those of you listening, we're recording this Thursday night. We're not going to watch the debate. And, and I don't, I don't want to sound the, the, that alarm of the media is the problem. And, you know, but, there's a lot of journalists out there that are just are kind of just kicking back and be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And well, well I mean, and the thing about it is they don't know what to do and they're figuring out what to do. But in those situations, I mean, you are talking to arguably whether you think he's competent or not, whether you know you think he's nuts, whether you think he's just a big fucking asshole or not, he still, he's still is the president. Yeah. the president of the United States, which not my president. Which which is arguably one of the mo- one of the most powerful positions on the planet Earth. Yeah. So some fucking, you know, reporter for goddamn, you know, USA Today doesn't have the, you know, it it it, it doesn't even I don't even think it plays in that you have the balls. To say, but no one, no one is going to say, all right, Trump, Donnie, Donnie. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and let the man answer. I would love, I would love to say it, but this is the thing. It's sort of like, uh, I, I, you know, you look at, and I, I, again, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but that's one of the things I always thought was so funny. And it always occurred to me that all of these people that are so bold behind their smartphones to say, fuck you, Trump, and I'm going to take a picture of me flipping your hotel off. If you put them in the same goddamn room of Donald Trump and they also, not one one of those motherfuckers would say, fuck you, Trump. They go, oh, if there was one-on-one, if there were nine of them and they could hide behind somebody, sure. But not fucking one of them would have the fucking sack to say, you know what, you're a piece of shit. They all think they would, but they're a bunch of lying sacks of crap. They would not have the nuts to do it. I would. You, see, you say that, but this thing I would. is this I would. is this is Chris Wallace. That's one of the things I couldn't get over. Chris Wallace, who is one of the most powerful men in journalism. Yeah, and I love. Who is I think one Chris of Wallace the most is a great journalists. He is, yeah. and in and in terms of Fox News, he's one of the most revered anchors. You know, and this guy. I've seen him take on serious interviews. And I don't watch Fox, but I've, you know, he's like, you know, boom. And he's the only thing that is uh, decent about Fox News. Chris Wallace is the only thing that is decent about Fox News. See, I wouldn't know enough about Fox News to be able to tell you that. But I know that this guy, I've seen Wolf Blitzer. Fuck that guy. Go up, go up against Nancy Pelosi and not be able to fucking finish a sentence because she's just ripping it. There is well, something. Well, Wolf is kind of a shit. I mean, he's well, a shit whatever. But, but I will say this: that there are journalists, and I've seen them like in the White House press pool that they have pushed back on Trump. So I don't want to take. I don't want to shit all over the media. I mean, Jake there are... Tapper is the only one that's got the fucking sack to do any of this shit. 
Jake it's, Capper is the only one that's gotten up there and said Ken Olbermann used to be, Ken and now he's. Oh, I and never now, liked Olbermann. So I liked, liked Olbermann him. early Olbermann, but then he became like, "Hey, wait a minute, Rachel Maddow's more popular than me. So how do I get to be as much like Rachel Maddow as possible?" And it's like, "All right, now nah, I'm bored. Go back to sports, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you know, you're a screen. You're just whining now. You, yeah. you're, I'm so angry. Yeah. I'm so. Angry. He was. He I don't was give the, a fuck if you're angry. Tell me the truth. That's he all was I the want negative. The the, the the mirror image, the bizarro of, uh, um, who's, <laughs> Hannity. No, well, Hannity, but who's the other guy that got fired for, like, paying off women? Um, uh, I, I, Bill O'Reilly. O'Reilly, like, that was, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, they were kind of, And the, Maddow, yeah. like, I've got my issues with Maddow, but Maddow is at least, she brings some intelligence and facts to it, to well, her see, smugness and her. This this is the thing, is that they've got this whole thing going on where there's there's both the integrity they want to imbue and the, the persona that they create. Yeah. And while Oberman became, I'm so angry, mm-hmm. Maddow is. I'm so much smarter than you. Yeah. And I'm angry, but I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Could you, you know? And that's why Anders, I don't like Anderson watching Cooper that. is just like all like, I'm very indignant, but I'm also quite soft and lovely. It's like, fuck off, Well, dude. but, and I love what Bill Burr said in his uh, SNL, I don't know if you watched it, but his, his SNL uh, opening monologue where he was, I'm very loosely paraphrasing, but he was talking about uh, Anderson Cooper. Like, how can we trust, like, here's this guy who gets up and tells us the news, but then he's, you know, fucking blowing balloons with, with Andy Cohen at the New Year's Eve ball drop. Like, yeah, you can't watch you, that you don't, shit. You know, yeah. you, don't, you didn't see... Uh, 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 Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite farting around with that yeah, shit. No, like, with yeah, with a pinata, you know. It's like, here's yeah. Walter Cronkite with some Mexican right. kids hitting a pinata. What the fuck? That's not what Walter Cronkite and I like, does. But, you know, I like to get it. Like, I, like to, I prefer to read my news or I'll watch, like, PBS, where it's just straight anchor, you know, PBS NewsHour, straight yeah, anchor. Without just give all me the, the news, man. I don't want the opinions first. I don't want the three talking heads with all the ticker shit and the breaking news. It's too much. Like, slow the fuck down. It's so like everybody. Process it. It's like everybody Maybe in the news. I have ADD. I don't know. But. No, they all watched Network once and said, I want to be Howard Beale. <laughs> they all watched yeah. Network and said, I want to be Howard Beale, where I say, get up, open your windows, and scream, I'm mad as hell. I want to be that guy so that everybody talks about me. So they're all trying to find their angle on, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. It's like, give me a f- just. Yeah. Could you just report the fucking news? It's why I like Jake Tapper is cuz I actually believe his frustration. Maybe it's just a really good actor. Mm. But what I like about Jake Tapper is he looks like he's really trying yeah. to do good interviews and then just really gets pissed like for real like genuinely I'm here, I'm sitting here I'm having some fucking Jim Beam and you mother did you just fucking say that <laughs> you mother I could you could see him he could right. see just like right. ready to kick your ass I love that about Jake and then he can manage to keep that under control and say the smart boom fuck off get off my show I yeah. love that guy I love that guy well and so to finally get to your to answer your question, yes. Of and thank you for asking it, Don. I, I appreciate you taking the time to pose such an important question for our democracy. Uh, <laughs> and the question was, what's my favorite breakfast cereal after sex? Are you going to pack the court? No. The question is. <laughs> um, the question is. And the answer is like cocoa I said, puffs. 
Yes. I was thinking, like I said, I've been thinking about it. I had this moment, I had this moment uh, not long ago because I was thinking about, I mean, you mentioned earlier the 1968 uh, Democratic Convention. And and it was one of the things that uh, not too long ago I was just, I was thinking about, okay, because, you know, the, the, the big meme, one of the big memes is, Depending on your reaction to Donald Trump and the immigration laws, you know exactly who you'd be in the 30s in Germany yeah. and exactly who you'd be in Chicago in 19... 19- well, you know, I don't know. I don't know who I'd be. I still don't know who I would be. I don't know who I'd be, but, but when you look at the situation... I mean, they're very, very different situations in a lot of ways. However... Well, Germany in the 30s, I'd be dead. But one of the things I think is really interesting, and uh, and, and I, I knew this a long time ago because I read Steal This Book, and then I got really into Abby Hoffman, is that Abby Hoffman in 1989... Was so disaffected. I mean, yeah, there's, there, I mean, there, you know, this, but this is my take on it. Um, so disaffected that he had tried to change the world, and, and then fucking killed himself. Mm-hmm. You know, because he just he was trying. You know, he he was he was doing. You know, he was basically doing uh, guest shots at universities and getting money for that, and. Uh, you know, and he was famous, and he'd written a couple other books. He was working on a book about the irrelevancy of living in the '80s, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he killed himself. And everyone's like, you know, the conspiracy theorists are like, no, no, he. Well, I'm sorry. He he found he was found with like over a hundred pills in his stomach. Yeah. You don't take a hundred pills and not have some intention of killing yourself. I'm sorry. And knowing what we know of. Of Abby Hoffman, they yeah yeah that's he was a manic depressive like a serious manic depressive is, sure I mean he's he's a Hunter Thompson he's a he's a you or I I mean he's a like I I can easily see either one of us going down that path he was of, an angry idealist whose ideals didn't pan out I mean to live to out, no. to be in the sixties and to, and to have that kind of uh, effect on the world and then to kind of jump cut twenty or ten years ten fifteen twenty years later and go. Everything I did didn't even matter. Yeah. That's got to really fucking... I mean, if you're manic depressive anyway, that's going to be a fuck... That's a signal. That's and, like, holy shit. And you talk about the overcorrection of things. I mean, yeah. the, like the baby boomers of the 60s, you know, the, that, that whole movement... Where are they? Oh, they voted Jerry, for Reagan. You know, Jerry <laughs> Rubin became a millionaire stockbroker right. who who was one of the first guys who invest in Apple. Yeah. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That's Jerry Rubin is an Apple investor who's a and, millionaire. And, that's and then okay. he died at fifty six. And that's okay. Because like, he got hit by a car. He got hit, he by, got hit the by, dumbest by way. The dumbest he way. Got to be, die. He got hit because he was jaywalking on Wall Street and he got hit by a fucking car. Because Fuck the laws, man. Sure, there you go. Yeah, fuck. I the mean, laws. right? Like that's it's that's just thing ins- I can figure. It's just crazy, and so I, I wonder. I, I, so what will you do? Okay, because the thing yeah. about it is, I think this is the only thing I can compare it to: Trump winning this election mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. after four years of Trump, after the Hillary's defeat. After all of the op-ed pieces, after four years of about half the country, literally coming into the office every day, weeping and hitting their face on their desk and somebody going, is it the Trump thing again? You know, I mean, it's like just they can't get over it. There's no normalizing, you know, and, and all right. So the only thing I can think of that is equivalent is like a really, it's like if Kennedy had been shot really slowly over four years <laughs> and then you said, right. <laughs> 
And then suddenly, and so the country is watching him get shot for four years. Uh, what if we change that to? Because <laughs> it's hard to shoot somebody slowly. But I'm just like, like he but got I shot. Just, so. Like if if Kennedy was, if we think to uh, Saving Private Ryan, the scene where the the knife is going in really slowly. Exactly. If that was Kennedy. If Kennedy's yeah, on the floor, it, no, 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 was, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rest of us were just watching it every day going, he's going to die. Oh, no, it's it's JFK. But he just, it, like, four years it takes him to yeah. just get that knife in or the gun or whatever it is. Yeah. That's the only thing I can compare this experience to is Trump for four years. And then the idea <laughs> that we would have to endure another four years. So the question becomes, does this is this a catalyst? Because there's plenty. Mm-hmm. Of, actually, I won't say plenty. There is a a we will say a minor uh, contingency of people that are out in the streets and they are protesting every day and they are angry. I mean, you can call it Black Lives Matter, but most of them aren't protesting for Black Lives anymore. As if they this, ever were. A, just a quick. In, There's a lot going here. on. So what's it going to take? Is 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 Trump winning? Is that going to? Is it? Because I made the joke that I'm going to get in my fucking brand new. That's hey. not right. It's not brand new. It's a 2015, but it brand is brand new a, for you. It's brand new. Red. It's a red Prius. Um, but uh, you know, I, I that 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 if Trump wins, that's that's what's going to. I'm going to do my Tiananmen Square, and I'm going to drive to Washington D.C., yeah. and I'm going to light myself fucking fire in front of a like a Circle K or something, you know, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be able to get to the White House, but I'll get to like a CVS and in the parking yeah. lot light myself on fire in protest. And is it is that is that where I'm going? I don't know, but that's I doubt it. But that's well. So okay, so two things. Uh, I, I want to go back to my whole thing where I was like, I don't have time to protest because I'm I've got my, I got diapers to change, and it sounds uh, glib and excusatory, and I and it is excuse excusatory, excuse is excusatory a word? I don't know. You're is a writer. Excusatory. 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 I've never heard the Excusatory word. Excusatory us while we look this up. Excusatory. But I will say that if if my son was a little bit older, I would Exe- I would have executory. Excusatory. Ex- oh wait a minute! It is no, it is a word. Okay, I just you know th- this is what we do sometimes. So who's the writer? Excusatory is tending to or intending to excuse. Okay, I right. apologize. Apology accepted. All right, uh, so I was so, wrong. I, but I just if, never if heard Harry the word were older, and I didn't have to like, he wasn't a fucking toddler, and you know, I would like to think that I would take him to more protests or more, you know, active uh, engaging in in social issues, so he could learn, so he could be a part of his neighborhood and part of his society. I think that I would do that. Second, my, my second, I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my second thing is, so your red Prius, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but your red Prius. The color red, is it the same color as your lipstick that you wear because you're a lady who drives a Prius and I'm a misogynist again? There you go. See, if you right. did, see you didn't even really listen to last learn. week's episode. I didn't I pretty, learn. No, I pretty much cut out all your misogyny. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't I didn't listen yet. Yeah, I, I did I, find I, out that my mom apparently listens to this podcast, so hi, Ma. Hi, hey. How you doing, darling? Um, uh, 
Oh. I think I hear a child. I, I hear a naked child. Let's see if we're going to see some junk. Harry? Nope, not yet. All right, there you go. Not we yet. heard child, but... So um, anyway, red yeah. Prius. No, no, no lipstick. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, it's like a nice dark red, and nice, I like yeah. it because it's different. Yeah. And having a red Prius is sort of like having... It's sort of like having a sweater vest with the dead Kennedys on the back. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like it's like I, you know, it's like I'm gonna get a Henry Rollins pocket protector. You know, uh, you're right. like, <laughs> you know, it's got that feel. So I kind of like my red Prius because it's not my, cool uh, at all, but it's red. My stepmom has a red Prius. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Ah, There's a naked boy. Here, There's my naked boy. Ding, ding, ding. You know who that is? Donnie. How you doing, beautiful? Say hi. Hi. How are you, sir? You're naked as a jaybird. Take a good bath. Are you all clean? Yeah. Do you smell good or do you smell like poop? Pretty clean. I feel like clean. You feel real clean? You feel like clean. Did you clean your I feel like clean. I feel clean all the time. I do. Yes, you do. My sister's over. You know, if you put that over your eyes like that, you look like Jody, Jody LaFord. Okay. I don't want to put it back on. Well, we got to go to bed, okay? Yeah. All right, night, night, night. Have a good night. Night, night, Harrison. Thank you, buddy. Night-night, babies. Night-night. <laughs> That's pretty cute. Yeah, he's sometimes awesome. Um, the fuck are we talking about? Oh, Trump. <laughs> Speaking of tiny dicks. Speaking yeah, of tiny dicks. And the question that you asked on, and again, I want to thank you for posing that question. Uh, it's an important question uh, as we move forward as a country together. Uh, and the question was, "What are you going to do if Trump gets elected again? <laughs> I, what if he wins? I mean, what so or here, steals it? What yeah, are you going to do? Here's the How's thing. that going to change your life? I, I I don't know that it's going to change it much. So you're not going to do. At it's not right going to incite you to do anything else. If he, no, well, let's just okay. What if he just? It's a blowout. Like it's just like way more Republicans just vote." And they and way more people that are Republicans that vote for Donald Trump just vote, and like he wins. If, if he wins the popular like vote, he and win, just, like there's no way to. He just yeah. wins outright. That's one question, and then the second well, let's, question let's take, is: Let's take what that if, one then. What let's if take he that steals one. the election using his new fucking six three, you know, hyper conservative yeah. Supreme Court, and he pulls a George W. Bush? Yeah. And what do we do? Well, I mean, the, the first question is: What do we do if he wins outright? Well, he wins outright. That's fair. Popular vote gets it. Electoral, fine. those are our rules. That's how it works. Fine. Popular vote, which I doubt he's going to win the popular vote. I don't think for a second he's going to win it. But, but I don't even think he's going to win the electoral vote, but that's just me. But let's just say I that really he wins it all. Let's just say win. that he wins yeah. it unquestionably. The, the second term, you know, the, the lame duck president term, right? He has a mandate. And I feel like that will embolden him and his and the Republican Senate because they will likely if if the if Trump wins the Senate will the likely Senate's win. Senate's winning, yeah. Everything's yeah. going to go red if Trump wins. I 
believe that. I'd be surprised if there was a blue Congress and a red yeah. president. I just, you know. Well, there'll still be a blue house, but because uh, not of them, not enough of them is up. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. Right. The house, the house, the Congress, the the House of Representatives is not up really for a change this term. Okay. The Senate is. So. Yeah. So, you know, wh- what'll I do? How will my life change? I don't. It's just going to be like, well, fuck, buckle up. We've got, or stay buckled, because we've got another four years of Trump who's now got a quote-unquote mandate. But what about the Peter Kermitises and the Brian Sweeney's? What will they do? I mean, maybe this is where the rapture comes in. Maybe when, when Trump wins again, it creates this Thanos snap moment where everyone who can't handle it just dusts away. And... Although I lose a lot of friends. I'd be all right with I'm that. I'm kind of okay with it. I'd be all right with that. As long as it quiets the insanity. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, I'd much rather have the the right side of... I would rather have Biden win and the Thanos snap be for all the yeah. fucking mask, mask holes and fucking, yeah. uh, you know... Yep, Trumper idiots. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, that'd be. I'd, I'd way. Actually, I'd like all of the extremes to just sort of evaporate. You totally. know what? Actually, but it's not going like, to happen because Thanos is real, like it, and neither is I would, the fucking Rapture. Yeah, I would like so. it if it, it didn't matter to me if Trump wins or if no, it does matter to me. But uh, if I were to say it's like it'd be all right if Trump win or if Biden won, if in that process the internet was destroyed. Well, apparently they're trying to do it. They're, you know, the the Justice Department is going after Google. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Google Which needs is, to be gone after. You know, Google's Google's way I, too powerful. I mean, well, that's uh, they're a monopoly. They're a mon- they are a monopoly. Are they? There's yeah. Bing and Yahoo have every opportunity to do what Google does. They're just no good at it. Well, all right, that's fair enough. I mean, look, yeah. I don't trust Google for shit. Like, I no. do not trust Google, but they're not a. They're not a monopoly. Well, no, what? Define a monopoly. When you own all of the, uh, all, all, all within your, your market. Like if, if, yeah, if Google, Google doesn't own that though. They own everything. You can get, you don't have to use Google Hangouts. You can go to Teams. You can go to Zoom. You don't have to use Google as a search engine. You can I guess go that's to true. Yahoo. You can go to Bing, but Bing, you won't find anything on Bing because Bing just fucking sucks. Yeah. Bing does kind of suck balls i mean it, what who what company does bing is that microsoft it's microsoft of course it's microsoft that's embarrassingly bad bing is embarrassing what is duck duck duck, duck go is that i don't know what that is that's another search engine that you can go is duck duck go but bing sucks where's ask jeeves you remember that whole thing well i remember ask jeeves that was in the times when we were doing yeah. uh blogs and and fucking uh message boards yeah ask jeeves i liked ask i love ask jeeves yeah it was just so bizarrely antiquated, but still on the internet. It yeah. was like the AOL. Yeah, I like, yeah. You know, there's something quaint about that. All like I said, Eddie Van Halen died. All of my heroes are of my youth are dying off, just like the modem sound. And that's how they sound when they die. When Eddie Van yeah, yeah when Eddie Van Halen died, we heard the modems go sound go. Oh, I hope not. I hope it was more like uh, Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future when he's disappearing, playing Johnny B. Good or uh, uh, playing Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Earth and it's like Angel. his fingers disappear and the bring, guitar just bring, kind of bring. Yeah. I hope that it's like it, it was the sound of a wicked fucking, you know, Eddie Van Halen guitar solo. Yeah. And then it just it just fades away. 
It just fades away, I man. I hope that's how it went. That would be all right with me. That's 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 sort of a romantic thing. But so what are you going to do? What, what, what are you going to do? I, I I'm waiting to die. I mean, I no, I don't know. Like, what can you do? Like, this is what it is. We we so hunker down gonna, and we move forward. So you're not gonna you're not gonna pack. Uh, you're not gonna you know like like pack your bags and look at Katie and say, "Honey, I love you. I love you, Harry." But I have to go to Washington and be Jimmy Stewart or no or some or somebody with like stupidity and ill intent. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna do anything. You're not no, gonna do anything. Because to do that I've gotta run for office and I've gotta do all and I don't wanna run for office. That's not my gig. You know, like yeah. I'm Katie was telling me the other night, she's like, I think you'd be really good as a politician. I go, probably, but I don't wanna fucking do it because ew. And I, And also you're a Jew. Jew politicians don't do very well. Look what happened to Joe Lieberman. Fucking nothing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah, the, you know, I mean, Bernie Sanders, big, big name, but where's oh, he going now? Yeah, I know. I can't believe you didn't go. Do you, went, years you, went to, you went to Lieberman first? You went to <laughs> Lieberman first. Okay. All right. That's, you know, that's, that's how disconnected I am from politics right now. Yeah, I forgot no, all the, about, the, all about the, Bernie Sanders. You're, you're still litigating the 90s. That's where Jesus. you're at. Yeah, you know. Because I remember in 2000, I remember it being a thing for me that if, if anything happens to Gore as president, Lieberman steps up as, as Veep. But yeah. what if it's the Sabbath and he can't take well, the any thing action I love because about it he's is a I remember, I remember when, <laughs> Lieberman, when Lieberman switched camps. <laughs> right. And, and I thought he was, I mean, I just, this is the thing. This is maybe why I, I perhaps why. I am so not uh, on the camp of the Brian Sweeney's and the Peter Kermitis's where it, where I'm just literally frothing with hatred over Donald Trump and I'm so disgusted and I'm so exhausted with it. It's because I remember having this much rage at George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. I remember having this much rage at Joe Lieberman when he switched camps and saying, that motherfucker should fucking mm. die. I mean, I remember having this much rage yeah. and, and disgust it pol- politicians, you know, I, I remember all that. And I guess like Abby Hoffman, my rage didn't make a goddamn difference other right. than it made me filled with rage. That's yeah. about all it did. And at the end of the day, we still had the 80s and we still had the 90s and we still had George W. Bush and we still had the Iraq war. And that is not to say that you should just give up. Right. I think, I think that's, I just wrote a piece that uh, should be up. Is it up Sunday? It was up Sunday. Um, in defeat, in, and this is a, the reason I like this word is because I've said it wrong for so long, and Dana had to correct me mm-hmm. in a pretty, in a pretty, because the word is indefatigable. Indefatigable. Yes, and it means okay. not being fatigued. You know, the, 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 you cannot be fatigued. Yeah. But for years, and this is one of those things I say, and I'm actually kind of embarrassed. But I thought it was pronounced indefatigable, <laughs> and I know, I know. That's all right. And it's that's how I always said it. Mistake. And one, and one time I said indefatigable, and Danny went, "What is that word?" It's indefatigable. She goes, "What does it mean?" And I told her, she goes, "Indefatigable." And I went, "No, it's indefatigable." Fine, you have your way, and I'll have my way. And then I looked it up, and I went, "Oh, I'm a fucking douchebag." Yeah, or douch, or douch bog, however you want to pronounce it. (laughs) Um, You know. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I, I respect Abby Hoffman's rage. I respect Hunter Thompson's rage. I respect, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this actually about Thompson. 
you know, he offed himself in 05 because he yeah. was done. He he the it, fatigue had happened. He'd done he'd done all the raging he could, and once you once you once you lose the rage, if what's, that's who you've defined yourself as, what's left? What's the point? And I wonder yeah. if, if he had just held on another what was it, nine years, ten years? Eleven years, I guess, to see Trump, whatever it was. He'd be old he'd be seventy five, something like that. Yeah. But like now is the time when Thompson's just—I feel like he he cut out a little early before shit got good. Well, and the thing about in, it in, is in the in the rage misery. See, I don't think so because I think I, that that's the thing. It's the idea that that we have it worse that it's worse now than it was when Reagan was the president. No, it's just it's a different kind of it's a different kind Nixon of rage. Was the president? You know, it's like it, it is a different, different kind of rage. But I don't Nixon, think it's a different rage because Nixon. It's the same rage, but it's it's. I, well, first of all, I believe Trump is the the third act to Goldwater, Nixon, Reagan. He is the oh, result. That's an, see, that's an interesting. Oh wow, he is the Cause, result. Because I think you got to add Clinton in there too. And I love Bubba, but Bubba was the guy that started bringing the left more center. He was the guy which pushed the right Clinton, further right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yes, but I'm. You're right. Clinton definitely deserves a chapter in this book of of mine that I'm writing right now about mm-hmm. about this. Uh, but I'm I'm thinking specifically about the conservative, like the outward conservative movement: Goldwater, sure. Nixon, the the uh, Silent Majority, Reagan, and you know yeah. his whole. Th- I mean, Reagan is is a a fucking pubic hair off of Goldwater's asshole, uh, you know, and then Bush. I guess. Although I think that the Bush president—God, I don't want to get buried in this—but the Bush presidency, yeah, yeah, it, it gets took ugly. A, it took a weird conservative movement turn because of 9/11. Because then it was like, aha, neocon, let's go get. It was a different kind of thing. I wonder what would have happened. What kind of presidency Bush would have had if 9/11 didn't happen? If 9/11 hadn't happened, he wouldn't have gotten a second term. One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. You know, and and. And and I'll be honest with you, if COVID hadn't happened, Trump would have gotten a second term. Let's put a let's dog ear that one because he might still get a second term. I, well, yeah, I, I know, but, but yes, I, the it is, thing is, it is one I of don't, those moments that yeah. I don't think he's going to get. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to legitimately get a second term. Which is the second part of the question: is what if he steals it? What are you going to do? And I don't think we have an answer. And I think that's fine. But I think it's something to think about. But uh, but I, I think it is I think it is a really good case to be made that if COVID hadn't happened, yeah, uh, he'd have gotten a third term or a second I, term or a fifth that, term or whatever. You hunker down with if Trump gets elected again, you hunker down. You you maintain the third act is extended, and we just we we do the best we can and we deal with it. The problem is that it's going the effects are going to last. Decades. Well, the rest. Uh, the thing of it's, it's not. It's not. It, it might not be the full rest of your life, but it is absolutely the rest of my life. It's the rest of my life. I mean, I'm 54 years old. Unless I live to 135, it's the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, you know. But I think that the. It's also like, well, okay, Trump gets a second. Well, it's just another four years. Let's just hunker down for four years. But. Holy shit! What if this motherfucker figures out a way to get another? a third now, term? No, I don't. I don't think that Trump is going to live long enough to see a third. No, term. No, no, I don't think he's lived long enough to see a full second term. But I hope not. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will see because uh, this is dropping on the 26th. And uh, we'll have one more podcast before, I think, 31st. No, the next podcast is dropping on Election Day. So... The day before Election Day. No, it's dropping on the 2nd. The 2nd is Election Day. November 3rd is the day we find the results. Wait a minute. Do we drop this thing on Mondays or Tuesdays? Mondays. Oh, so, okay. So when the is day Election before. Day? It will be the day before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I apologize. Oh, man. Talking to you is sometimes it makes well, me I'm think that at, I'm not infagatable. I'm looking at an, yeah, I'm looking at an October calendar and I can't see the, <laughs> I can't, and I can't see, I can't see the November calendar. Well, I'm so. looking at a, ca- a January calendar from 1987, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to do the math from, <laughs> from a calendar that I had when I was 17. Oh, well, and the other and, thing uh, is, like, there is, uh, I, I don't think the November Wednesday, whatever, November 3rd, whatever the fuck day it is, November 4th. Uh, I don't think we're going to have... November 3rd. 3rd. I don't think we're going to yes. have a for sure. I think that it's going to be... Because if he I loses, want to have he's a, going I to contest. Us, I know, but I want us to have like such a fucking groundswell of, of Democratic blue wave yeah. that it doesn't... I mean, I want on November 3rd for that night to be able to say, wow, it looks like it looks like Joe Biden won 400 fucking electoral mm-hmm. electoral college votes. That's what I want to say. And then it really is up to Trump to prove prove fraud, which he yeah, won't. Right. And Instead of it being close and uh and Trump like yeah. nipping away at it for three months because that gives the supporters that. Are like uh well he he needs to do that it's just no you're shitting on the democrat you're ripping apart the democratic process you're a liar you're a fucking fraud shut the fuck up i just up. want him to be yeah but here's here's what i think is even more important than the that would make me happier if trump wins but and then he McConnell? has a heart and then he chokes on a fucking chicken mcnugget and falls over and dies on the spot That'd that would be, be great right. too. But that'd I be want, my favorite thing. I want McConnell and Lindsey Graham out. Oh yeah, give Trump the fucking. I will trade a Trump presidency for Lindsey I'll Graham trade a Trump and, for those. and McConnell being out because no, that's I don't care about Lindsey Graham. Being done. I don't care about Lindsey oh, Graham. He's McConnell. head of the Judicial Committee. Yeah, McConnell. They've already done the damage with the Judicial. There's nothing we can do about the Judicial Committee. It, it's that and damage Lindsey has Graham, been done. But Lindsey Graham is so scared. He used oh, his yeah. closing argument in the hearing for yeah. uh, whatever her name is, Amy. I hate I hate Amy. Uh, Jews. Comer Comey. Yeah, whatever her name is. I don't know why I, I said hate, I hate Jews, Jews and women. Whatever. She hates Jews. She hates women. She hates black. She hates poor people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know he his closing argument and he admitted it up front was something like, "I'm going to say some things has nothing to do with any of this," and then like gave this this like. Uh, stump, a stump speech. speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Fuck you. And also, Lindsay, when you lose and you come to terms with your loss, do me a favor, man. Go fuck yourself. And then, yeah, do that. And then come out of the closet. Just do it. Just do it. I don't want him to come out of the plaza closet because I, you know, I don't. I have a hard enough time, like mentally picturing Harvey Firestein getting it up the ass. I don't want to think about Lindsey Graham having sex. <laughs> Oh, he's not going to have sex. He's already having the gay sex. That's first of all. I don't want to know about it. You don't have to know about it, but I just I don't want even want to know. Out. I want I want Lindsey Graham to be like a Ken doll with no genitalia. I don't want to know about that. And then I want the Proud Boys to come after him. 
And then I want him to. They want. I want. I want them to Matthew Shepherd him. Somebody talks about the Proud Boys like there's a whole lot of them. There's like seven. Of them. I know. Shut up. Seven is all you need to get Lindsey yeah, Graham down. You don't. Whatever. He can't make a fist. All right. Uh, the only way Lindsey Graham can make a fist is when he's uh, in a in a, a, a darkly lit room with candles and soft and boys to men playing with a Proud Boy. That's the only time he can make a fist to go inside the Proud Boys. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a watch. Uh, we talked about them tonight. Uh, I want you to watch... Uh, the fuck is it called? <laughs> uh, watch The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is uh, on Netflix right now. It is the, um, the story of the, the, the eight people that were arrested for the Chicago, the, the 68 convention uh, riots. They were tried for conspiracy, and it's Chicago 7 because the eighth one was a, the leader of the Black Panthers who was brought in just to try and bust the Black Panthers, but he was then given his own trial, blah, blah, blah. Watch the fucking film, read the book, know your fucking history. A really good film. And Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman is a lot of fun. It's really well cast. Uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote it. I don't think it's his best writing, but it's a it's a good film. And All it's right. apropos to the times. My first is a read. It is uh from oh I gotta I gotta it's from the Marshall Project. Mm. Um and it is entitled I let me because I uh, it is entitled When Fuck. Uh shit, where's the oh, I gotta find <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just had the title in front of me. When Drogo the Canine Charged. Okay. And it is basically about, I mean, it's not just white police officers that love to attack black people. It's also their dogs. Yeah. That that they're training police dogs to, uh, yeah, and this is a story about this. It's actually a really good story. Um, it's very dark, but it's well worth the read. It's in the Marshall Project. So it's when Drogo the canine charged. Okay. Uh, my next thing is a read. It's, uh, it's on Medium. Uh, the headline is, We Are All NXIVM? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Or is it Nixivim? I don't fucking know. Right? I don't even know what Nixivim yeah, is. Yeah, it's but... a cult. It's a sex cult. Yeah. So it's written by Justine Barron, uh, she apparently was a improver, and she wrote this piece about how the the weird the weird cult of improvisation. And I, you and I have talked about you. I talked yeah, a little talk, about you, this. You sent it to me, and I read it, and I was like, yeah. Aside from the fact that she was too triggered yeah. to do any fucking research, she she supports her thesis pretty well. And I think been it's, there. there's a lot of accuracies there. There's there is a strange cultiness to the Second City I/O, especially in Chicago. Um, and the the clickiness high school lunch table shit that you deal with that yeah. stuff. It's an interesting read. I think it's more high school than cult, but that's okay. I also think critical race theory is a complete cult. So we, you know, yeah, everybody's got. We throw the yeah. word cult around pretty easily now. My second thing is a read leading up to my third thing. Um, it is in the Chicago Tribune. Um, 
Chicago 7 prosecutor, they were going to try to destroy our trial, and they did a damn good job at it. It is basically uh, an interview with the trial lawyer who actually, the prosecutor who tried the Chicago 7 or 8, depending on if you want to include Bobby Seale in it, who actually wasn't, I mean, he was literally in Chicago for four hours. So yeah, like it wasn't, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, But he had watched the movie, and this is the guy that uh, that, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays, plays, and he basically says, yeah, there were some things that were right, but uh, what you really missed was it was like going to the circus every day. He talks a little bit about Bobby Seale and how that came about and how, how, how really they were trying to get I mean, you know, Kunstler got 24 counts of, of uh, <laughs> a judge, you know, of, you know, the judge. Well, see, they paint the judge as this monster, but the fact is, you have to really be trying. You have to really be working it to get 24 counts of, uh, what is it? Contempt of court. Contempt, yeah. You got to be fucking working for 24 accounts of contempt. I don't know. This judge, I've, I've read up on him a little well, bit, and he was not well regarded well, he in the wasn't, legal community. No, he wasn't competent, he but I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't the cartoon cutout that was presented by Frank Langella. However, read this guy's perspective. That's my second thing. And what what is it called again? It's in the it's in the Chicago it's Tribune. It's in the Chicago Tribune. It's called Chicago Seven Prosecutor. Quote: They were going to try to destroy our trial, and they did a damn good job of it. Okay. So my last thing is uh, it's a listen, and I've I've mentioned this podcast before, but especially with how tense things are right now, mm-hmm. Zach to the future about Saved <laughs> by the Bell. I this is just such a stupid fun. And it's it's funny. It's legitimately funny. The last one I listened to, I think it was episode ten, maybe. Brecken Meyer is a is a guest on it, and it's just it's fucking Saved by the Bell. It's funny and it's light. And for you know, forty minutes an hour, you're just just be cool. You know, it, just be cool. Yeah. So it's it's a good escape, and and you learn a lot about Saved by the Bell. It, little insider baseball and, on Saved by the Bell. I think that's good. And my number one was your number. Th- my number three is your number one. Yes, I watched it last night. Uh, Dana and I went and got the car, and then we ended up going to uh, a brew pub and having some beers and some food, and then came home and had some more some bourbon, and I got really drunk and then fell asleep <laughs> at 7.30 at night. I just crashed like hard. <laughs> nice. We just got, I, I just got plowed just bam. And then I woke up at like 1.30 in the morning, and I was wide the fuck awake. So what else am I going to do? I'm going to watch Aaron Sorkin's, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, mm-hmm. by the way, The Trial of the Chicago 7, because I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. And I actually I actually think it is among his best writing. And the reason okay. I think it's among his best writing is, the thing about it is, there's just something about Aaron Sorkin, and maybe it, it, maybe you have to be sort of like a, a, a slightly obsessed policy wonk playwright loving theater kid to really love this shit yeah but god damn it what i really liked about this is that aaron sorkin has a certain amount of tropes that he deals with you can see it in the newsroom you can see it in sports night you can see it in the social uh what's the fuck it's called network yeah, I know, social network, because there's a social dilemma, which is a different thing entirely. Right. Yeah. You know, you can see it in A Few Good Men. He deals with certain sort of tropes. And what I really enjoyed about the trial of Chicago 7 is that he doesn't, it's like he decided he was going to actively not 
Maybe engage that's what it was for me then. in some of those tropes because this is it. It's still got the snappy dialogue, yeah, but it doesn't play by the same rules as some of his dramatics. And I think part of it is because this is the trial is already written. Right. All he's right. you know what I mean. He's just kind of filling in the blanks and kind of finding nice. Po- I mean, how do you improve on Abby Hoffman? Right. Saying I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. You that he didn't write that. Right. That's Aaron Sorkin yeah. didn't make that shit up. He just yeah. put it in the script. And so, but I fucking loved it. And and the thing about Aaron Sorkin stuff that always makes me sad. I kind of want to punch him in the nuts every time I watch something he's written or written and directed. Is I love being in the world that he writes so fucking much that I'm I'm kind of actively pissed off when it's over because mm, mm-hmm. I because yeah. I don't want it to be over. You, don't want you know to I sure. don't yeah. I want to watch more. I yeah. it's one of the few artists that I can say God damn it because most art as a director I do this way as a writer cut ten minutes you could always cut ten minutes and for me with Aaron Sorkin I'm always like yeah give me another hour. Yeah, I'll take another fucking hour because I That's love fair. that shit. So I, I really, really recommend it. That's a, that, you bring up a good point about that. It's he's not hitting the Aaron Sorkin tropes, and maybe that's I should probably go back and amend my. It's not his best writing. It's it didn't feel like an it didn't Aaron feel like, Sorkin. Thing. Well, that's but that's it, what it I was loved great. About like it. it was a great. It's a great movie, and I thought it was well written. Oh it God! Didn't feel, yeah, it didn't feel like Aaron Sorkin, which is not a negative or a positive. No, I think that's it's just such like, a good goddamn movie, so yeah, and the cast yeah. is so the fucking good. The cast is amazing. Eddie Redmayne as Tom Hayden. Yeah, I loved him so. I, and that that thing is right now. You know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is is he's got he's got the sexy role. Yeah. He gets to be Abby Hoffman. We all love Abby Hoffman. No one loves Tom Hayden, except for Jane Fonda. No one loves Tom <laughs> Hayden, you know? But <laughs> but that's a hard role, and he does it really well. I also think, uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who played Kunstler was brilliant. Yes. I mean, brilliant. I love Mark Ryland. God damn it, I love that guy. There wasn't a dead note in it. I mean, it just, it worked so well. Um and yeah, the thing about it is it's agitprop. I mean, yeah. that's why I, that's why I suggested you read the the little blurb from the Chicago Seven Prosecutor because yeah, everything you saw in that movie was skewed for a specific purpose by a person who believes a certain thing, and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not true, right? Um, it, but it really did make me. It made me that I really watching that is what made me want to ask the question: what question? What will we do if Trump wins, and what if he steals the election? Mm-hmm. Because that was a time where people were like really putting their skin in the game. There were no fucking yeah. uh, likes. There were no goddamn Twitter feeds. It yeah. was you show up in Chicago and you get there and you fucking protest right here at the. Mo- it's not let's just protest in our streets and burn fucking Macy's. It's let's go to the place where shit's happening and get right in there. And I went, that gives me something to think about. Yeah. And I should note that. We're recording this on October 22nd, so tomorrow is the 23rd of October, which would be the anniversary of Tom Hayden's death, the four-year anniversary yes. of Tom Hayden's death. So, yep. Also, my dog's second birthday. That matters. Yay! Yay! And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week if we're still alive. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. 
For more information about Literate 8, go to literate8.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>